Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, the ups and downs and how to navigate life with kids on your own while keeping sane. Covering subjects such as domestic violence through to fussy eaters and solo dating. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. My next guests are on a mission to make self-love a way of life in every household. They liberate men and women from living in the pain of the past and fear of the future so they can live in the miracle of the present moment, fall in love with themselves and have truly fulfilling relationships. They have each had to overcome pain and trauma from their childhood that had been creating unnecessary struggles in their lives and relationships and keeping them distracted from having the best time of their life. Many years ago, they developed uh, their signature inner child reconnection program that is designed to support people in resolving past pain and trauma that is creating unnecessary struggles, if I can get my teeth in, struggles in their lives. Hey, welcome, Wendy and Sam. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for feeding us into your busy schedule. How are you today? Thank you so much, Claire. We're very happy to be here. Thank you for having us. Wonderful. No, that's cool. Thank you. Thanks, Wendy. Hey, so um, I just oh, like I've given an introduction um, regarding uh, what you're doing and uh, investigating the inner child and all of these things. And like you've overcome pain and trauma um, in your own childhood. So look, I'm in child, like I'm intrigued, really. Like, tell us a bit about yourself and your journey and how you got to, you know, develop this program, this inner child self-love program. It's a great, fantastic story. Great story. Um, so as, as a child growing up, um, my father had left when I was only six months old. So my mother was a single parent growing up. And um, I would have to say growing up that I experienced abuse, not so much physical, um, but emotional, mental. And my mother was not available because she had so much woundedness from her childhood that she never resolved and looked at, never did her own inner work and brought it into um, the household that I grew up with. And so she was a very depressed and sad woman and, and very angry. And as a child, I could feel people's emotions. So I was very sensitive. I, I was an empath. I didn't know that. But wow. I could feel when somebody was sad, even on the outside, if they had a smile on their face, I knew deep inside I could feel their sadness. So in the household that I grew up with in, there was so much sadness and depression and anger, you know, from my other two siblings as well. And so I was never held by my mother. You know, she wasn't a touchy feely. She gave me my basic needs, you know, um, food, good food and clothing and a clean house but she never interacted with me or never read to me. And so um, yeah. so growing up in that, I never felt safe or never felt that I belonged. Wow. And so I, I carried 
that in my adulthood, you know, because that I identified with that, that I'm not safe. And so what happened was I became very shy and very drawn, very within. I was like the ultimate observer. I was one of those kids at a party that would hide the, behind the plant, you know, just hoping yeah. that nobody would see me, but really wanting to be with everybody. Um, and also on the flip side of that, um, you know, I have this huge heart and, I, and as a child, I always wanted people to be happy and, and, and feel good. And so I was told, I recall, I was probably about three years old and I was told that, you know, say higher power God, that I was here to be a teacher of the heart. And so, cool. and I didn't know exactly what that meant, though I knew it wasn't a teacher in a school system because school for yeah. me was terrifying. And um, I felt like I could teach the class much better. I wanted to like take the kids outside, go to the woods and say, all right, this is where we're really going to learn. <laughs> just yeah. come to the trees and yeah. So um, I, I just, I followed that, that path of, being a teacher of the heart. And um, it's been over 26 years that I've been in to the holistic healing arts. And so I started with Crikey. massage and then did a, a Reiki, learned Reiki, integrated energy therapy, became a, an interfaith minister. And through all that became, and we'll probably talk more about this, was the birth of the inner child program now that we, mm. um, that we help so many people with. And it was really through my own childhood that was really the, the motivating factor of, I really wanted to heal from my own childhood because even as an adult, I knew that there were still those patterns, that, that identity that I'm not safe. And because of that, I missed so many opportunities and I kept myself as this bright light in the closet. I was a great closet mm. light. But I didn't allow myself yeah. to come out of the closet. But I'm out of the closet. Yeah, but somebody, yeah, somebody had to open the door to actually then see you in the closet, your bright light in the closet, as such, instead of you actually bursting out of the closet and saying, "Hey, here I am, surprise." That's right. And and I wouldn't be here yeah. today if I was still in that closet. So I'm not in that closet. No, the, the closet doesn't exist. There's no closet to go yeah. into. No, yeah. that's great. That's great. So so did you feel that? something was pushing you to learn all of the things that you were uh, like the Reiki and all of the things that you were doing to sort of heal yourself as such. Did you, did you find that you were just falling into those or was, I mean, I don't know. I'm a, I'm very much one of a believer of like, we, we need to be, uh, although our childhood and things that happen to us in our lives, some of them are not great, are not brilliant. They are there and we should be grateful that they've happened because they make us who we are today and they move us through on the journey that we need to. But I also feel that we're on, the, I don't know, I just feel as though we're on this journey and the world keeps nudging us in the right direction when we sort of dive off the path. I wasn't destined to come to Australia. I didn't have enough points. So 14 years ago, I didn't have enough points. I There was no way I was getting a visa. And then um, a friend of a friend suggested getting sponsored. And I'd never even heard of getting sponsored. And here I am. And I've been here 14 years. So it was almost like uh, I had an obstacle that 
you know, was thrown at me. But it was almost like the world was going, well, no, 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 you can't go. You've got to go. You have to go. You've got to go across to Australia. But it was very much like, well, you know, they put something else, you know, another tidbit for me to, like, come to Australia and such. So I don't know. Did that, is that what you were feeling, that your journey has been a bit like that? Yeah, my journey is I always knew that I'm – I always felt deep in my heart that, you know, I'm, I'm here to make a huge impact, that I'm, I'm quite special, and I want to be able to help other people to let them know that – and for them to feel for themselves that they're special and that they're here for something great. Like I've always been that stand for someone's greatness, um, even as a child, even if I was so afraid. So I always knew that I wasn't here to work a Monday through Friday, nine to five job in a, in a building sitting at a desk. Mm -hmm. I knew that very young. Um, so I trusted okay. that deep knowing. I, I followed more my heart it sounds like you know more about yourself than a lot of people would know about themselves, even at such a young age. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, I would say. I would say, and, and just, just, just real briefly, because I want Sam to share his, his story. Um, my mother was talking to a, a friend over the phone. I was seven years old, and I overheard her say, you know what, I have to find myself. And once I find myself, I know that... I'm going to be okay, but I just feel so lost. And it was that moment because as a child, I was looking for what, what is my purpose? And that I felt in that moment was my purpose. I'm here to find myself. And I literally went to school the next day at lunch break, right? And I went to all the kids and all the tables and I said, I'm going to go find myself. Come along with me. I honestly, I didn't know what that meant, but I That's knew awesome. I was yeah. here to find myself and I wanted to bring others along too. And so yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's no, and that's so great that you actually had that view at such a young age because I'm sitting there at my age going, wow, you know, all the things that I worried about in my 20s and my 30s and um, and dare I say even my 40s. You know, I look at now sitting at the age I am and you know, I lost a um friend in the UK quite recently to cancer and she's the same age as me and you sort of sit there and go, yeah, no, all of those things aren't really like what make you happy and you know what you should be destined to do and are distractions to um defocus you from what you really should be doing to make you happy. So, yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Well, well done you for discovering at your age because I'm only at my age and discover. So, Sam, um, what about you? How did how did well one like how did you get here? And then going back to you and Wendy, like how did you guys get together? So let's cover off Sam's journey, and then we'll talk about how you guys got together. Awesome, two great stories. Uh, my journey. Um... My my nuclear family growing up, my parents are still married. Uh, we all get along. I've got four siblings. There's there's uh, I, I'm I'm number two in the line, oldest son. Great parents. Um, mom was a cycle breaker. She she grew up in a household with uh, long 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 standing sexual abuse and a an atmosphere of terror, under with a veneer of intelligence and um wit and don't talk about the bad stuff so th there's a lot of stuff that she had to go through and her 
her sister bore the brunt of it. Uh, fortunately, my, my, my mom was saved the worst part of it. But w when you grow up in an environment like that, it leaves its mark. And so mom married a very good man who hadn't had anything horrible happen in his life. I mean, he, he, he's just this rock of a man who, who has a great wit. He's a bit shy. But, you know, he's he's very good at what he does. And he's the kind of guy who can walk along, see a tractor that hasn't run in 30 years, look at it for two seconds and it runs like a kitten. So, you know, he just has a, a way. Wow. Of so she picked yeah. a very good man. She got very, very blessed there. So she had a way where, where she could be a cycle breaker. But of course, those things, you know, jump fences. You know, grandpa was still alive and he he impacted my older sister very badly, which really didn't come out until just a few years ago, how, how deep it was. Um, wow. But there was terror, there was fear, there were things that I couldn't access within my mind. And there were things that I just thought were dreams that had actually happened. I, at, at the age of three, I was drowned by him in a bathtub to terrorize wow. me. You know, part of the part of the behavior of, of some of these things is they these these people are so broken themselves that they repeat what was done to them. And there's this yeah. disease that needs to break and dominate and then separate everybody so that no one's talking. And so he did that with his kids. He hid in the blind spots and he did that with the grandkids, my generation, and hid in the blind spots. And that's just the sickness. That's just, just the psychosis. And it's terrible. And it's a monster. Yeah. And so so I had to come back from some some pretty big stuff that I didn't couldn't even tap into until later in life. Um, mm. later in life being my, my 30s. So all through my life, I felt vaguely discontent. You know, I, I, I didn't feel like I belonged. Like Wendy, I was a kid that would love to hide behind the plants because I just didn't feel safe. I couldn't point to why. And so without any evidence, we, we make up the story. It's what the brain does. It fills in the gaps. And so we make our own meanings. And so I just made a meaning that I, I must be different. I, I don't belong. Um, you know, and so you live with that long enough, you build evidence. And I had good friends, mm. a few good friends. I had a really good upbringing, but there was this, this like withholding, you know, when you, you don't feel safe, you don't yeah. jump in first, you know, but I, I, I've also done a lot of things where I do lead and I do put myself out there and have even, you know, embarrassed myself horrendously to pursue things I really love too. So, you know, you yeah. can't keep a good person down, you know, you can't keep the human soul down. I guess is, no. is, is a moral I would like to have someone take from that little bit. But I had to come up through to really have the life that I want that, that wasn't toxic relationship after toxic relationship because I had several of those because I didn't want to feel my emotions. I wanted to be intellectual. I wanted to be happy. I, I didn't even know how angry I was or I couldn't point wow. to why. And so my, my journey was a lot about realizing I had to face myself and then finding that point in life where I finally chose to go, no more of this. I'm going to mm. look at myself and dig into what's going on because if I don't, I think I'm going to get more of the same. And I don't like what I've been having, you know, um, unavailable and relationships. And it's scary though. It, it's scary when you've got to actually look in that mirror and look at, wow, okay, this is, this is who I, you know, this is what's happened to me. This is where I'm at. This is, you know, I, I don't, I mean, it's great that you made the decision. I don't want this anymore. I've, this has to change, but then to change it is the scary bit, I think, because that's a great point. You've got to face demons. You do. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I mean, it wasn't just like a bubblegum moment of, you know, I think I'm gonna do something different. It was like, I'd had so much pain from the choices I'd been making yeah. that it was almost like, well, if, 
the scariest thing to me became nothing changing. Yeah. That became the scariest thing in the room to me. And so it was yeah. worth facing whatever demons might be there. My worst fears couldn't put a nail to what I was facing in my daily life and my marriage at, at the time. And, you know, just in the quality of life I was living, you know, it was just for me personally, I reached my bottom and said, no, I'm done. I'm not going to continue this path. I want something better. And what could be worse than this? I may as well go up from here. Was there any particular thing that happened that you just went, okay, I've had enough. No, that's it. Sure. Uh, I, I, I was married to a, a woman who, um, who was, who was great at teaching me the lessons I needed to teach. Um, that was a fantastic way of putting thanks. that because I can see I can see your face and I could see you were challenged as to how that was gonna how you were gonna put that across in a positive way. Um, hats off to you, buddy. That was that was a fantastic way of putting it. No, 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 that was because I could see that you were challenged, but yeah, no, okay, okay. I you know, I I I there's so many so many things that that were painful in that experience um the biggest one being the amount of love i had to give to a person who was a black hole and and the yeah. amount of pain that, that that she's still in to this day because she hasn't made that shift she hasn't made that change she hasn't made made that decision to face up own it and look at it and you know maybe someday she will and i hope that she does so her black hole um, and me pouring my love into it, I figured if yeah. I love her enough, I'll save her. And this is one of the biggest lessons I learned a long yeah. time ago. I can never save anyone who's not invested in their own well-being. No, and I and I completely agree with you. Coming from the situations that I have, um, and I maybe that's why it resonates with the pain that you were trying to find a positive way to actually put this, because um, it, it is a bit like you know you think, well, maybe I can save this person. You know, I love them so I love them better, and you can't not if they're not invested in that, and that's their own trauma and their own issue to deal with, and in a way. In a way, in my situation, I look at it as as that person is a gift to me because if it hadn't have been for that person, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be talking to you guys today. I wouldn't be doing this podcast today. I wouldn't be uh, involved with all the people and doing all the things that I'm doing if that person hadn't come into my life. So it's a gift because they've they've made me look at myself and educate myself as to where I need to be. So um, I don't know if that's what you feel, but that's definitely what I feel. I yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Thank, thank God I do because that was also part of the healing and growth. And so, yeah, yeah looking back, so many good things learned. Um, she, she had a daughter um, whose, whose father had left when, when she was only a year old. So oh, uh, I, yeah. I actually went, I didn't have, even though we were married, I didn't have legal custody of her, so I couldn't sign for anything. So when she left, I mean, this woman had a way of just leaving and not coming back for a long time. Yeah. And so I, I saw her daughter, and I, and that was really what it was. It was. Like, you know what? I'm miserable. This little girl is miserable, and enough. I'm going to step in, take a stand for me and for her, and challenge this thing and that, that's happening, invite her to come across. She chose not to. She ran away. Okay, great. I sued. I got custody miraculously and uh and i i dug on as a single father for a while and it was a brilliant experience i learned a lot and um and then i let her go she, she really wanted to go back and live with her grandparents and i figured they're really solid people they got it going on 
it would be better for her because I'm just, I, I, I got to get my stuff together. I got to focus on me, which is also part of where Wendy and I eventually came together. Yeah. Is, so come on, to tell me that story. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. I realized again, you know, spirit, God, God talks to us. And if, if, we're, if, if you listen, we eventually get it. And I, I, I heard you're never going to have the life you want until you fall in love with yourself. And yeah. that means facing your feelings, going all, you know, just, just really looking at yourself, making my, making yourself your own, your first priority is actually mm -hmm. one of the first shifts that we tell our clients you have to make in order to move in the direction of your dream and actually have any power to get there. Uh, and so that's what Wendy and I both had to do. We, 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 we met through some mutual friends at a time in our lives. We were both in a similar growing point. We both were at the place of, you know, I'm loving myself. I'm dating some people. And things are going pretty good. I'm not committed to anything except knowing and learning and honoring myself. Mm -hmm. And it was a really good period of life. And we met in that. And I got very clear messages that it was time to, to stop driving trucks and stop doing other things and get about doing my spiritual work. Very strong signals. And so I knew Wendy had been doing massage. I didn't really know anything else that she did. It was just I knew her as massage. So I figured, well, let's start there because... You know, we got to learn somewhere. You got to start somewhere. And I had capacity with that. I've been working on people since I was four years old. So I had some natural gifts already and some curiosity about developing that. So I went to Wendy and I was like, can you teach me massage? She goes, well, no, but, um, you know, I do this other thing called IET. I'm like, well, what's that? And it was energy modality stands for integrated energy therapy. Oh, okay. And she'd been teaching it at that point for what, 15 yeah, years since since 2000 yeah wow. so i gave her my life i had quit my job because spirit was like you really need to stop driving this truck and the truck was literally falling apart around me so i figured if i don't get out of this truck now someone's going to get hurt so i had one paycheck i gave it to wendy i said teach me and she did i did the weekend class with her i got certified in iat and i've been doing it ever since with her we've been um together more or less not quite since then about a month later this this story really gets interesting um so we, we did the classes. It felt great. It was a good connection. We, we were very friendly. We were still dating other people. So there's no romantic tryst going on yeah. at that point. But I, I really wanted to kind of you know check my massage skills against her years of experience because I still had faith that like you know people understand massage. No one knows what energy work is. This is weird. This is like 2012. It's this my encounters just ended and no one's like yeah energy's stupid. Nothing ever happens <laughs> yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. That was my attitude. And I, I, it was new to me, so I wasn't sure how to have confidence with it. So I went back to what I did have confidence in, the physical world. Yeah. And so we're trading, and we always end our sessions with a hug. And this one hug lasted two and a half hours. But time disappeared. Oh, my God. Our bodies disappeared. We felt like we were sea kelp floating in the ocean together or dust clouds in space, you know, floating and, you know, mingling together. And we come back and, you know, we, we connect eyes. And there's this instant recognition and this feeling of like all these gears and little things just clicked into place. And I went, oh, oh, I'm home. It's you. It's you. You're the one I've been looking for all my life. Oh. And I had oh to stop looking and fall in love with myself to get there, which is not a small point to the single people out there who are looking at this going, no. the last one didn't go so good. What do I got to do? You got to fall in love with yourself. Yes, you, you have to. That's like a non-negotiable. Look, I completely agree with you. I didn't get it 
until now and um like i haven't dated for crikey three odd years and i'm probably not going to date for a little while longer but like it's um it is about it's i i'm not very good at setting boundaries here we go my therapy session now but but the thing is it's like i've learned and i suppose i put a pause on everything because i needed to i needed to heal so i needed to do my healing my self-love my work whatever that may be to actually uh work on myself and work on you know where where i was um so if you'd have been talking to me three years ago i'd have been sitting here nodding and going yeah i don't really understand what you're talking about at all but now three years on i'm now starting to say well no that's not acceptable for me that's not I don't feel comfortable in that. I don't, that's not what I want. That's not healthy for me. That's so, yeah, so I get you. Wow, what a fantastic, what a fantastic way to meet and just like connect with each other. That's, well, in my head, that's how it should be. It was amazing. Sod these online, sod these online apps and stuff like that. That's all false. I've never been an online app person, but, you know, no, that's awesome. That's, well, that's, that's the world pushing you guys together and going hey uh you make a hole here so as in a whole being not as in a hole in the world so (laughs) i don't know i don't know so um okay so then so then how did you guys then get to so you came together i'm assuming then rightly or wrongly um but i'm assuming you that guys then sort of thought, well, we need to work more together. You know, you obviously then started dating, I'm assuming, or whatever. And you mm-hmm. you work, but how did you get to this, the inner child um, reconnection program? How did that all come out? How did this self-love stuff, like what is self-love for a start? Cause awesome, like, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. What did you want to do? I have my view of it, but what's your, like, what is self-love? Yeah, self-love. I'll just say one thing that self-love isn't. It's not a bubble bath. That's an act of (laughs) self-love. People get very confused. Oh, I'm doing absolute self-love and give myself a bubble bath and getting a massage. That's an act of (laughs) self-love. Real self-love is about making, again, what Sam had said, making yourself the first priority. Mm really in every area of your life so that means it's filling your cup up first to overflowing so then you can give from your overflow okay and how to give us some examples give us some examples because like um i i i do hear like oh it's about putting you first and you go yeah okay but what does like for the people who and I sort of know what that is. I'm beginning to know. But for the people who haven't got a clue, like me three years ago, what does that mean? Awesome. Yeah, well, you know, the, there's that example of, you know, if the plane's going down and oxygen masks pop out and you got to put yours on first so you don't pass out at altitude and help the other person out, that's a really good emergency one. And it paints the right picture. But it's so far removed from like, you know, going out and getting coffee or your kids on top of the car doesn't want to go to school yeah. or something. I mean, there's there's so many demands on our time and energy. And this is really where if it, it finds its best value. It's not in theory. It's in real practice that that self-love gets tested and we can really prove that it's a really great foundation to stand on. So let me mix up an example real quick. And it could simply be 
uh, and and this may be challenging for some of uh, the listeners um, because it would have been for me at one point. So I'll try to give a couple and we can play with it. But it's as simple as allowing yourself to have your own emotions, regardless of what anyone else is going to think or feel about it. Okay. It's as okay. simple as even getting in, in, into a habit. Yes, it's very courteous to hold the door. It's very courteous to think of others and, hey, you know, while I was getting myself something to eat, I got you something too. Or let me bring you your plate first and I'll serve you first. Great. Those are really good things. But if you're, you know, if you have a fever and if, or if you're just beleaguered and tired, or if you have, you know, if you're just legitimately, let's, let's take emergency out of it because we always throw, I'll take care of myself when I'm like dead and dying. That's a little bit late, buddy. You got to start a few hours before that. Yeah. You can just get yourself a drink of water before you get someone else a drink of water. Hey, I'll get to that in a second. Let me take care of myself. It's a simple lifestyle. It's a standard where you honor yourself and you have a love affair with yourself. And even though your your you know your family's there or your partner's there or your kids there and they need something from you, it's acknowledging the fact and it is a fact that you are the most important person in your life. And I, we, love, we love to say, "Oh no, it's my kids." I do everything for the kids. I've known lots of people who say, "I'm doing it for the kids," while doing absolute Nothing. knucklehead Nothing. stuff, repeating yeah. the same old patterns, and using the kids. I'm doing it for the kids as an excuse. And it's a horrible reason to do anything. Don't do anything for your kids, except set the tone of how they can live by living well yourself. Teach them something useful. And that yeah. self-love is a standard that we're, is the lens and the, the tone setter, really, that is the best bar that you can reach. And if you show someone, especially a young someone, what loving themselves looks like, and you give them permission and say, you know, you stop saying, Tommy, share that popsicle with Sally because I told you to because sharing is good. You just raped that kid. You just took away that kid's choice and that you did not show self-love. You, you bullied them into doing something that you think is good because you were bullied too. So self-love is also well, knocking and, that off. And also, like you said, it's like if getting a glass of water for somebody else, just it, it's about sitting in that and going and actually understanding why you're doing that. Is that because you feel like you need to do that because it means that you then don't have the emotional um, and mental abuse potentially from that person? I don't know that you're needing love because you have a hole within yourself because you don't love yourself and therefore you're externalizing that love. Um, by doing something for somebody else because um, they and, and maybe you're getting beaten each time because they don't show love because you've just got them a glass of water and that's not how they deal with um, their emotions back to you I don't know it's like it's almost projecting what you need onto somebody else instead of actually giving yourself something that you need um, yourself as such I know the one thing that I have done is allow myself to sit in the emotion that I'm dealing with. So you know mm -hmm. how sometimes you go, oh, I need to take action because I'm not feeling comfortable sitting with this emotion. Um, and yeah. actually to sit in it is, um, and do nothing is sometimes the better thing because it just gives you that breathing space to be able to think, um, think through that. Yeah. But yeah, no. Okay. All right. That's, that's fair enough. It's, and, it, and you are right. It, it isn't sitting in a bath, drinking a glass of wine and, you know, 
stuff like that it's it's definitely about respecting you as a person and loving you and going that's not acceptable I'm not accepting being treated that way or um this isn't healthy for me so this person isn't healthy for me or isn't giving me what I'm I, I want what I need what you know it isn't they've not and it's really wrong to say because you can't say they're not filling up my cup but it's about the fact that maybe they're not allowing you to fill your own cup up they're restricting you in some way um and I don't know if I've sure. I don't know yeah. if that's no, what is if that's right but that's my feeling on it so is that what you're saying and and, and, and it goes a step further too I mean I <laughs> When it comes to feeling emotions, right? So, you know, self-love is is looking at everything that you've hidden, suppressed, and denied. And what I do, what I've learned is I roll out the red carpet. Come on out. Yeah. Let me, let me just, all right, I, I see, I'm going to feel you. All right, I'm going to feel, because once you really face it, that's all it wants. It yeah. wants to be seen and heard what you've been really hiding deep inside of yourself. And self-love also is stepping out of your comfort zone because your comfort zone is not your safe zone. Yeah. Yeah. It's stepping out of that and facing your fear. Yeah. And fear to me, when I look at fear, what that means is face everything and rise. Okay. Okay. Let's unpack that then. What does that mean? Face everything and rise. Well, it's facing what you're most afraid of. Running towards the roar. It's what okay. we call running towards the roar. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to share about I'd love so, to. Yeah. So this is something in nature. Sam's going to share this with sure. you. So, so the story goes, and nature shows us a lot of fun things that we can apply to our lives and go, oh, cool. When you have a, a pride of lion and they're hunting, the the old and firm, sick ones and the ones who, who can't run and, and, and be the lethal killers they still play a really significant part to the whole experience. In fact, they're they're really leveraging their weaknesses into a strength, which is really cool. I, I love this part. So they'll line up on either side of this herd of gazelle. So you have all the lethal prowlers who are young and fit and ready to go on one side, and they, and they stay there in the grass silent. And you have all the old, sick, and firm ones on the other side. And the old ones who can't chase anymore, they all start making all this noise. And of course, what does that do? It startles the gazelle, and since they're not, you know, clever yet, they run away. That's just what their instinct tells them to do. They run away from the sounds that sounds like it's going to kill them. And they run right into the waiting claws and maws and jaws of the deadly killers, and they the things that are going to kill him. That's right. And so, if they had known, this is a lesson that we can take, and it's a good lesson. And I've tried it, and I've done it over and over and over again. When I run towards the things that I'm making all the noise that I've usually run from, when I start and turn around and I face the roar, and if the gazelle yeah. do this too, they could easily leap right over all those infirm sick right. ones who couldn't chase them and they get away to freedom, but they couldn't face their fear. They don't have the wherewithal. It's not programmed in that way. Humans have the wherewithal. We can self-reflect. Yeah. And when we choose yeah. to and we use the ability that we have, we can face our fear, we can learn from it, we can move through it. And that's usually the 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 the, the fastest way to grow is to face what you're afraid of. How does self-love connect with the inner child recognition stuff then? What's what's like I'm imagining 
like six-year-old me making mud pies and um you know painting with my hands and my fingers which um I am doing at the moment which is quite funny um but what how does that connect how does that connect with the self-love and this inner child uh reconnection program that you guys have got awesome that is a, a really awesome question and so uh, I'll, I'll i'll toss some wood at it and then wendy will, yeah. will, will will bring in things too because invariably you know yeah. we have um two you know two wonderful minds and what she has to say is usually simpler and ties what i what i say up so i'll get the big complicated stuff out there front get you it out so well trained wendy <laughs> <laughs> this is the yin and the yang this is a yin and yang relationship it's really, great very yeah, much very much yeah so how does self-love incorporate and meet the inner child well um i i, I want you and your listeners out there to play along with this and let's go on a bit of a journey and so I'm going to trust that you'll all pick something that's safe and easy to process because I don't want to you know, put anybody into a spell, but it's also really good to have a bit of an experience. So imagine yourself at a certain age and what's, what's the first age that pops into the head for you? You don't have to share it. You can if you want to, but you, you don't have to. Okay. So just hold that and give it a moment. Okay, so you probably have one or two at this point. And maybe there's even that one who's like, ooh, this is kind of a weird exercise. This is kind of strange. Good. There's definitely one there for you. Maybe you don't know how old it is, but there's a feeling going on, and that's cool. Mm. Whatever you're feeling in this moment is perfectly welcome and is the right thing to feel. And so self-love, you're already doing it because you're stopping and you're acknowledging yourself. You're acknowledging okay. what you feel in the moment. And so it's actually pretty simple. Self-love isn't rocket science. It's specific to you. And there's, you can make rules and have fun and create games with it. And there's a theory around it and there's an application. So you have a feeling. And where in your body do you feel that feeling? Maybe it's in your head, your heart. No. Yeah, it's more central heart way mm. for me. Right. So wherever sort of you feel that, bring your body awareness, bring a mind to that part of your body. And maybe you have a memory, maybe you have a vision, like a, like a snapshot of, of yourself at the age that you're feeling in this moment. And something just happened to you. Maybe it was good. Maybe it was great. Maybe it was painful. Maybe it was bittersweet. Maybe it's a frustration. But something, you know, you, you're, you're living in a moment. This part of you is still here, boots on the ground, in your life, in your timeline, having this ongoing experience. And so the inner child reconnection is about taking the moment with love to connect to yourself and be aware of where are you in your timeline frozen or living on a repeated loop of a moment. We all have them. Mm. And when we are, are triggered and we go back to that memory, maybe we feel like it was a moment in school where we felt embarrassed and you all of a sudden you might have like a nervous tick, you pull your ear or you start humming or you twitch a little bit, you get kind of squirmy. Oh God, that still feels uncomfortable. Can't believe I did that. You know, we have those, those little moments, but our physiology goes right there, even though it's, you know, 30, 40, 50 years hence, because mm -hmm. part of us is still there. And so 
what we can do is we can go back with our experience, with their wisdom, with their love, and actually not change the script, but release ourselves from that experience. We can make peace with ourselves. We can forgive the experience. And so take a moment. If, if there's any kind of juice going on for you, just take a few moments. And if not all at the time right now, maybe not in a place where you can do that, but at some point today, think of this. You come back here and all you have to do is look yourself in the face and give that kid some love and say, it's okay that this happened to you, even if it doesn't feel good. Even if it's a horrible thing, you can look at that kid and say, it's okay that this happened to you. And you might have to say that a whole lot of times until your brain goes, okay, <laughs> I'll begin to maybe believe you. So with the softer stuff, it's easier, but this also works with the big stuff. Because eventually a, a, a transformation begins to happen when you love on yourself in those hard moments you're actually accepting yourself back in and you're reintegrating or you're already beginning to do the things with that, that, that really effectively matter most as you're integrating that dissociated part of, that dissociated part of yourself back into yourself. Wow. What that does is you're, you're leapfrogging then over the moment. You're, you're, you're almost reconnecting to that part of yourself just before or who's in that moment who's struggling because we freeze because we're struggling. We freeze because we don't have the psychological health and strength or e emotional prowess yet to process something. Even as mom mm -hmm. is being embarrassed and picked on at, you know, in the school line, all the way down to being drowned by your grandfather in the tub, you know, so that you don't talk about what he's doing to your sister. Horrific stuff. And you have to reach a certain level of strength to be able to look at some, some of that stuff. And that's okay. Yeah. It is about strength. And that's what self-love comes in again. Through self-love, we build ourselves up to be able to go back and look at the things that we couldn't before so we can make peace within ourselves, accept ourselves. And what that does, that has a wonderful consequence of bringing that wonderful, beautiful child who's innocent of all the things that happened to that person. And so when I, when I bring that innocence sorry. back in my life, sorry, when I bring that innocence back in my life, I realize my creativity is richer. I'm more present. And when I'm more present, I'm more powerful. And so are you. And so is everybody mm. listening. If you can take one moment in your life and start with something easy and accept yourself in that moment and make that moment okay and love on yourself, even though that thing happened. And if you can reach through that moment and forgive those who you feel hurt you, you're releasing yourself from being the victim to them. And so self-love doesn't let you be a victim. So self-love, the psychology of self-love and the psychology of victim don't match. No. And so when you no. love on yourself, you begin to cure yourself being a victim. You got to do it piece by piece. And I was thinking when you were, when you were going through all of that and stuff like that, it's almost like you go back and you hug like I've got a six-year-old right so when he's having a struggle or he's having a hard time it's I give him a hug you give him a hug you make them feel safe you make them feel secure but it's almost like going back and giving you as a child a hug mm -hmm. and saying hey it's it's okay it's you know I'm like here 
it's okay to um you know be who you are as such it's okay it's it's like giving you a hug to say it wasn't your fault as such yeah that's it and like you and like you said it's a it's you're an innocent kid that's what you know i find so hard with everything that goes on to children um nowadays or in the past they're innocent they're not you're a blank page and and then that that's also largely true of us as adults i mean if 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 you yourself as a big kid yes we do things to each other sure we do okay yeah so do kids i mean in in some ways kids are nasty to each other but have you ever had two cats (laughs) you know like they they, they're lovely they're great but yeah they can really have good rows yeah and that's cool that's just part of life you don't have to paint yourself as one of the three roles of codependency. You don't have to be the villain. You don't have to be yeah. the rescuer, the people pleaser. You don't have to be the victim. Yeah. You can play those roles and you can learn a lot about what happens in life when you're playing those roles. But you're not cons- you know, consigned to play a role for the rest of your life. There's something beautiful called permission that is also an integral part of the self-love psychology. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. No, it- it's true what you said, because a lot of the time, see, I'm just sitting there and I was listening to you as you were talking about that. And I sat there and I thought, wow, I haven't actually really ever gone back to me as a kid and gone, hey, it's okay. And thought about me as a kid, because you just get on with life. Life just moves through. And although I'm like, I'm sitting here at 50 going, okay, this is cool. I like got, I've done so much and experienced and gone through so many things but I've never gone back to me as a kid and gone, hey, you know, it's all right. It wasn't your fault. It's like, it's okay. Deal, you know, um, and to forgive me, the younger me as such, um, for where, and to support the younger me as such. I mean, you know, look, at, at the end of the day, I had a wonderful childhood. My parents were still together. It's like, you know, I mean, it's like any other childhood. There were trials and tribulations. I punched and kicked my brother a few times, you know, maybe held him down on the floor, pinned him a few times to the floor, you know, play fighting, et cetera. Um, We argue, you know, we were like a typical family, but, you know, there are things that happen in your life that you do go, wow, okay. And you do frame and hold on to those things as you become an adult that then influence what you do. Like there could have been a, I don't know, I'm trying to think. No, you're, you're, you're right on. on, you're right on. You've got the concept perfectly. And it doesn't have to be, you know, the capital T trauma or even lower T trauma. It can be just the meaning that you make in a moment and then you keep on adding to it. And the meaning yeah. can be as simple as, you know, the taller kids with red hair can overpower me because that's what Scott Jenkins looked like. And he was a jerk and he overpowered me. So every time I see someone with red hair, boy or girl, all of a sudden I'm pissed off. Yeah. Well, and, and Scott I Jenkins is, I will you say know. Scott Jenkins is out there. Sam is not pissed off with you. Okay. And you don't beat up people. So it's okay for any Scott Jenkins is, uh, that's right. To this. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but no, 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 no. But like the thing is, uh, for me personally, if I go back to a moment like that, it's sitting in a class, God, I used to hate it. Sitting in a class, reading out aloud. 
because my brain would read the words quicker than I could actually have them come out of my mouth. So therefore, sometimes I'd read something and then go, oh, that didn't make sense. And then I'd go back and read it again. And then I'd be embarrassed because you're in a class reading out loud. And I used to hate it. And all the way through my, all the way through my life, I've never liked reading stuff out aloud. I've dealt with that feeling and I sort of go, oh, well, and I make a joke of it. And I go, oh, well, I made that, made a mistake of that or whatever. And I go, and I sort of coped with it. But, mm. oh, my God, I would, if I had to, if I had to be the next person to read something out loud or the next person to do something, oh, sweats, nervousness and all of that stuff. And people, <laughs> and people listening to this who know me would go, oh, my God, we never thought that of you. But, but you, <laughs> because I've coped with it. But, you know, if I think back, oh, my God, I think back to and I'm, I'm I'm sure he's not alive now, but good old Mr. London, one of my teachers, te- one of my English teachers um, would make us read out aloud. And, it, you know, I used to. Yeah, I got made to feel an idiot. And everyone laughed at me in a class because I bodged up reading out a paragraph, which is nuts. But it, as a stutter, I can totally relate. But yeah, so sorry, I've just, oh, that's my therapy session done. There we go. I love Mr. (laughs) London. Like, I have to say, though, I know, I love Mr. London to bits, like, but yeah, and it wasn't his fault. He probably didn't even comprehend that he'd traumatized me with making me read out aloud. But, you know, and he was a great guy. So, you know, um, for anyone who knows me from school who's listening to this. Um, But yeah, so, okay, so. Thank you for what you've just done because that's got me thinking anyway. Um, if not anyone else on here, um, I will be unpacking this later. But okay, so then, um, so how do you guys, so how does it all work then? How does the inner child reconnection sort of program actually actually work for people? What do you, I, I'm, I so we now, we know what self-love is. We sort of looked at, the inner child and forgiving and giving him a hug and stuff like that. But like, how do you, how how does it work? How do you know, if people were to be involved in the inner child recognition program, like how does it, how do, is it meditation? Is it like hands-on healing things? How does it work? Can you do it online? Can you do it online? (laughs) Yes, we can. Yes, yes, we yes, do it all online. Yes. Yeah. So we we um, we thought long and hard about that question when when we were shifting things online, even before COVID came up. We were like, you know what, we're we can have a bigger impact and reach more people if we found a way to do this online. So we started doing that back in 2019 of, of what we can do because we used to do you know these like four hour long sessions where we you know packed all this amazing transformation and support into this you know thing yeah. and it was effective and it worked and then you know two weeks later you know they come back and they do like a, the, the next round so what we do is really through the lens of, the, of healing the inner child we liberate men and women from living in the pain of the past and fear of the future and we so that they can fall in love with themselves live in the miracle of the present moment uh, and create a great life, enjoying truly amazing relationships, yeah. but starting with the one they have with themselves. So the inner child becomes a lens, a vehicle for them to do so many really cool things. A lot of it we just talked about. So how does it work? Like the deliverables, the actual functional nuts and bolts things. 
Well, it's a transformational thing. And so there are a series of nine one-on-ones that we offer to people. And we really kind of go at each stage because if you just kind of take the whole nut all at once, it can be a lot to chew on. So we like to work through infancy and then the toddler and then the preschool, the school age, the adolescent, which is always (laughs) a lot of fun. And then the young adult, because, you know, you're not, you're still a child. And as you're a young adult, there's like, if you think about the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell fans out there. And when you get to, you know, that place of return homecoming, that's what the young adult hopefully could be. When we go out into the world where where we ought to be well-formed and ready to take on the whole world and start that company, start a family and just nail it, right? Go make our fortune and then build a family on that, right? That's kind of the classical picture of it. Really hard to do because we don't, we're not really given all the tools that we need. So this is a chance to go back and redress the, the, the regions of our timeline where things happen. And there's different milestones for each one, not to get too far into it, but you know, say for instance, the whole scope, the whole positive, well-formed outcome of an infant is that they have the mm-hmm. power of being, just being, and that they have basic trust and you know, their needs are met. I mean, the whole job of an infant beyond, you know, making a billion, you know, neural connections a second is, is to have, the, have its needs met and grow as a young human being and adapt itself to, to, to attune itself to the environment it finds itself in. And if it's a loving, supportive environment, it's, it, its needs are met, it's stimulated, it's got eye contact, it's well-fed, and there's no severe problems, very likely that infant's going to come to the conclusion of infancy and go in, into the toddler years with a well-formed sense of trust and basic mm-hmm. belonging, and I'm good. It's totally nonverbal, right? And then, you know, you go, you, you go on through through life on a foundation. And so each stage has a milestone. And at each stage, we all have deficits. So this whole program is all about helping people discover where the deficits are, give them a repeatable process that they can learn to do for themselves. Because dear God, if we work with with all of our people to perfection, yeah. we never get done one person, right? So perfection is not the goal. Teaching people how to fish so that they can survive on their own and maintain and then grow and just dominate their 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 rich, awesome life. That's really the goal. So we teach them how to connect with themselves, trans make a transformation and resolution, and then be able to repeat that. But then also support it and maintain it. So it's not just the one-on-ones. We also have a bunch of great training modules that give people mm-hmm. context because the brain is a really cool instrument. And if it's involved, you get along faster. And so there's training modules that give people good resources. And then there are things like meditation because it does have a part to play. We have a bunch of tools that we've found universally apply and are, are, are beneficial to the process without being too much for a busy person to handle because let's, let's face it, we're busy. There are so many demands on our time. Even more so nowadays. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the internet you'd think so would make life easier. But enough to make a yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So in, in a nutshell, that's that's it. And, you know, it, it, it typically plays out to be about 18 weeks. We've never kicked anyone out early. Be, oh, 18 weeks and you're only half done? Sorry. No, it's like, you know, we time it out and it stays on pace. And if someone needs a bit more time, we always make sure that, that support is key, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so... Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, look, yeah, look, it's it's fascinating. I'm sort of thinking you need to go on a global tour, guys. Like, stop staying okay. in the states and like come over, do a weekend of it over here. Like, let's do some okay. workshops in Australia and um, 
you know, get people to heal, basically. And, and it's quite interesting. I find that, like, in the last few years that it's been more geared towards giving people a hug and healing people and um, nurturing people, which is quite interesting, I suppose, that maybe we're moving into some um, era of, you know, self-discovery, enlightenment or whatever as a human race. Uh, maybe we need to do it a little bit quicker so that we still have a world to live in and we're not all doing this in spaceships in about, you know, 100 years time or whatever. Uh, but, you know, it, it does. It, yeah, it does interest me that we're now actually recognizing the effects of our life as children and how it affects us into adulthood. And I don't think there's been a period of time that hasn't actually um, we, we seem to be covering it off more so in this day and age than we I've ever had done before like 80s was all about money and like you know earning and you know it was all about material things and and the me sort of situation is all about me and how well I was doing and we've sort of um gone into well what how how have we got to where we are sort of thing um which is interesting it's interesting wow you've just given me my brain is going so, like 10 to the dozen to this morning you give me so much to think about like to like look back on and think about in my inner child sort of situation what are the people like who come to you though like what what people do you tend to deal with I'm just fascinated are they like people who seem on the outside to have got it together or do you deal with like people who have addictions or or like what I'm fascinated with who these people are who can't find their inner child uh, yeah, well yeah it, it's it, it it takes all sorts uh, yes. we, we we have a standard we don't work with anyone who's actively in an addiction I mean recovery is great okay. we work with people in recovery and they're already getting the, the, the tools but we found with this work um, if, if if there's an active addiction going on, chemical specifically, um, that there's just too much already not in place where it, it just wouldn't be effective and possible. So there's more important things you can do for yourself <laughs> besides yeah. you know yeah. getting recovery as quick as you can. Yeah. Um, so what we <laughs> who we work with, many of them are are professionals, you know, the, entrepreneurs, um, nurses. Uh, and corporate people, people, I mean, all walks of life. And the common problems they have are, are almost as varied, but we're, we're also people. I mean, there's, there's only so much trouble a person can get into. There's a certain spectrum. But the things they're dealing with, um, this dysfunctional patterns that, that never got rooted out. And so they're re repeating an adulthood in, in their own environment, whether it's a work relationship with, with clients or maybe they're facing a divorce. You know, uh, we, we've helped some people uh, not get divorced because they were able to oh, wow. fall in love with themselves. Um, yeah. Or, but this, um, so um, Lauren is, is one of our, 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 one of the lovely women that went through a program and she came to us because she was on the verge of divorce. She couldn't handle, um, you know, her husband and, and he would go on his, temper tantrums, she would, she would call them. And um, so going through the program, she found that, you know, herself and how she felt that, you know, she wasn't good enough and that she was afraid, always afraid to ask for what she really wanted. And, um, but also she discovered going through the program herself 
that her husband was stuck in his toddler, that there was um, a huge family trauma that happened when he was a toddler. And so he, his part of himself is stuck and frozen there, that he can't really process emotions like an adult. He processes mm. emotions like a toddler. And so now that wow. she had this awareness, she didn't take his temp temper tantrums um, personal. Yeah. She knew, so she knew how to then um, interact with him and, and basically soothe his inner wow. talk. And then it would help to diffuse. Mm -hmm. And then he would just like poop, kind of go back to, to that adult. Crazy. And so as in a way, it like it freed her from the responsibility that she'd put on herself. Completely freed her. Yes. I've got she to fix felt this. like, okay, this is, I, I, I'm not doing it. this. Yeah, right. I have no control. It wasn't like, because everything, it would be a lot of times something she would say that he would yeah. just go absolutely berserko. But it was something that triggered, she would say something that triggered him. There was wow. a reminder of something that had happened to him as that toddler. So, you know, yeah. But but no, but it's quite funny you say that because um so and I people are probably sick of me mentioning his name on here. I like I've done um a lot of research and and covered a lot of courses and read a lot of books um for um a physician, Canadian physician Gabba Mate, who um has had uh shopping addictions work I mean he's He's a physician. He's he heals and and deals with addicts, basically alcohol and drug addicts. But he had his own addictions, and he the history that he states about it is he was a um, war baby. So he was abandoned. He wasn't abandoned. His mother gave him to somebody to take him to safety um, when he was like six months old or a year old or whatever. And um, he was separated from his mother for six weeks. But it, he felt it was being like being abandoned and so he gives examples of what happens in his adult life that makes which triggers the abandonment feeling and which therefore triggered some of the things that he you know was addicted for because he was filling that abandonment sort of thing with the things that he was using for his addiction like he became a physician um he was saying he didn't realize this but who doesn't want a physician? Who doesn't want a doctor to heal them? So he put himself into a job that basically meant that um, he was indispensable as such, you know. So, um, you know, so he couldn't be abandoned. So I just, yeah. So when you were saying that, I find it quite interesting. Please tell me her husband came on your course and got healed. No, he did not. Oh, well, I suppose we can't change everyone, can we? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it saved the marriage. But it saved the marriage. Well, no, which is great. They're married, yep. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes it is about taking a step back and looking at the other person and what they may have gone through and the traumas that they may have dealt with to actually go, well, hang on a minute. They might be reacting not to you. It's not all about you. It's about them. Right. And, and it's quite oh my god and he's only six so god love him um he must think mum's nuts but there are times where he's having an issue with somebody not playing with him at school <laughs> and i said to him i said well it's not that it's not about you though it's about 
it's about what they want or what they're dealing with. It's not that you're a bad person in any way. It's, you know, it's about what, and like I've had to tell myself this when I've been in situations where, you know, you go to take it personally and you go, oh, hang on a minute. It's not about me. And it's somebody's um, opinion. It's one person's opinion of me. That doesn't make a whole world. So, um, yeah, no. Wow. God, guys, I could talk to you all day. It's just like I find this really, really fascinating um, and just going through, you know, all of the stuff that we've got here. So, so okay, so we've talked about the course and stuff like that, but how, how do people actually get in contact with you? How do they How do they connect? How do they, you know, I mean, they can send me questions, but if they want to actually speak to you um, or ask you some questions, find out more information, how do they, how do they get in contact? It's really, really simple. Uh, as long as you can spell Wendy's name right. It's wendyrose.com slash inner child, all one word, but it's Wendy with an I, like yeah. in Peter Pan. Yeah, Wendy with an I. Yeah. Yeah, so wendyrose.com slash inner child, all one word. And then so what that that would take you to our booking page. You, you can book a call with us. We offer offer a free 45-minute call for everyone on the planet. Wow, okay. Um, you all get one because there's, you know, we want to make sure that we are clear on what, what's going on, you know, what's not working, but also what do you want to have? Yeah. Right? Where do you want to yeah. be? And then if we, if we can see ourselves, oh yes, we can help you with that. Then we can talk about that. And if not, well, we probably know someone in our network who would be a better fit because we're not here to get involved in your life journey. If we have no meaningful part to play, we don't need to put our hand in your wallet, right? We're not here yeah. to change our lives yeah. like that. Yeah. There's a whole new way that is a much better way. And if we can serve and support you and get you where you want to go, then great. Awesome. Then, then we can talk about that. And again, you know, if something serves you better, then we can absolutely be part of steering you that way because we talk to people all the time who don't feel like they're like, like they're enough um yeah. not able to really let i love you in they're not really able to allow people in uh, trust is a big big thing in this world there's a lot of closed hearts there's a lot of open need and there's a lot of stress and there's a yeah. lot of a lot of human suffering going on and there are answers anyone anywhere it is. I find it such a shame that we are all such unique, awesome individuals. Okay, we are all completely different. You can look at like you know a hundred people in a room, and they have different hairstyles, different eye color, different shades of skin, different shapes of body. We are all completely different. We are so unique. And we are one in a four billion chance of actually ever being born or whatever the stats are. Um, I've never been one for stats and details, but, you know, with that, but that is, that is, you know, we are so unique and so special, but there are so many people on this planet who just don't believe that they are, that just are so like, they feel so useless and so um, powerless and so unloved and all of the things that go with trauma and they should actually look at how awesome and fantastic they are and live their best life. Amen. Yeah. So, I, like, I love you, what you're doing. I love what you're doing. I think it's great. Sorry, Wendy, I interrupted you then. I just want to say, you know, when you heal the inner child, you heal generations mm. and then you heal the world. Yeah. yeah. And we have right? to forgive. Like, again, the ultimate self-love. Yeah. You heal yourself. 
It's about forgiving as well. I mean, nobody, Absolutely. nobody is perfect, right? I don't get what anyone says, okay, um, in any stretch of the imagination. And so it's about forgiving us and actually accepting and and hugging imperfectness and looking at all of the different unique people that we have in the world that have something to contribute. We all have something to contribute at the end of the day. I don't care what anyone says. So um, you don't have to be a politician or a blooming millionaire or whatever to contribute and to make a difference in people's lives so yeah no um wow okay thank you um wow (laughs) i'm just looking at the time going oh we could talk about this for hours so okay so i asked this for to everyone which was quite poignant yesterday because i interviewed a guy who um basically draws superheroes for um for his son and for a living so that yeah, that was interesting having that conversation so i have to ask you both right what would your superpower be if you could have one awesome just one awesome uh all i need is one because it's that super and i do have one i found out what it is and it is oh, okay. i inspire people miss my, my okay. goal anyhow I, I like to think that i do uh, and i think i'm pretty right about that but um i I love what humanity has in it. I mean, there's the depths of depravity and there's the heights of compassion, kindness, and and all things good. I mean, humanity is just rich and Mm. what we can explore and experience and change in our lifetime. We are miracles, whether you believe in God, I don't, you know, any religion, any background or none is totally cool. You know, God's, of all names and none, you know, the, the great mystery, mm. there is nonetheless, no matter how you describe it, there is at the very least a universal potential if you can only imagine it. And that's one of the biggest tragedies in my life and that I've seen in others uh, in all the world is that we don't dream well of ourselves yeah. often enough. 70% of our 70,000 thoughts a day are negative and that's just because it's it's habitual we live in a world that trains us and conditions that and so we have we have to break the straw we have to let it go Mm. and we Mm. do that by dreaming we do that by allowing ourselves to be inspired and then finding the evidence if you wait for the evidence you're never gonna get off the ground get a good running start and have fun yeah and and look you know do you know what those 70 percent negative thoughts kept us alive let's face it when we were out living in caves and you know having to run around trying to catch rats and bigger things than that um you know and staying alive but i think we need to look let's face it we've been living in houses and not having to do that for some time now so i'm hoping that we're now moving into an evolving stage of actually you know trying to um, move away from that and move into our happy zones um, and thinking of other things. Let's hope so. Wendy, what about you? Oh, my Let's, super- I, I, You know, come on. We, I'm not having Sam just tell us his superpower. Oh, yeah, yeah, we need yeah. to oh, know your- <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, I've had my superpower since I was a child, and I still use it to this day. And uh, yeah. it's I bless people with my smile and my open heart. Oh, and and Sam says my voice. So as a child, again, because I could feel people's emotions. And even if I was in the store with my mother, again, very shy, but if I saw someone was sad, 
I would run up to them and look at them in the eyes and smile really big. And I would, I didn't know it at the time, but I would care bear stare at them, right? Like I would just like open my heart and just imagine these just bubbles of like hearts and love, like beaming into them. And every single time, like everybody would just, you know, you know like they would have a state change and they would just go, oh, thank you, little girl. Oh my God, I feel so much better. Thank you. And I have to just share really quick that it still works to this day. I'm 51 years old and this was a couple of years ago. And I was at the grocery store and now there, there was an older gentleman who was the cashier and you can tell he was not having a good day. I mean, he was not looking at anybody. He was just doing his job and it looked like the guy was about to just cry. You know, something was wrong with him. So when I got up to him, I didn't say anything, but I smiled really big. And I just, I just loved him with my smile in my heart and he he looked up at me because he felt it and he looked up and he put his hand on his heart and he started to cry and he said thank you thank you so much that's exactly what I needed thank you wow so we all have a superpower and if you don't know what your superpower is look in the mirror Yep. Look in the mirror Yes, and you can even write it. Like, what is my superpower? And give yourself 10 minutes. Wow. Look, people can't see you because obviously I haven't put video up, but I can see you because I'm talking to you and like I can see and feel the brightness coming from you. So, you know, if that doesn't sound too um, weird, but um, yeah, but I can, I can see you and I can see that brightness and this, your smile come, you know, come through the screen at me. So yeah, no, that's, look, that's a fantastic superpower. Make people feel good, happy, brighten their day, change their mood, change their state. That's, that's what we need. Yes. And sometimes I think when the world, when you're feeling like you're having a shit day, um, the world throws somebody like you at us, Wendy. <laughs> And and yeah. you sort of go, oh, wow, okay, you know, oh, somebody saw me, somebody sees me. So, um, yeah, look, Yes, because I'm a stand for, for someone's greatness. Yeah. I'm just going to beat yeah. that right back at them. Yeah. yeah, you're like a mirror as such. Exactly, right? It's not about yeah. me, it's about them. If they see this amazing light in me, then what they're really seeing is the reflection of themselves. Yeah. The only sure. reminder of who they are. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, look, thank you so much. Um, it's been a journey to get you guys on here. I'm not going to go into that journey, but like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it was, I was thinking of breaking a third thing today because it's like, it's been a journey getting you guys onto this program, but look, thank you. I'm so glad we got you on here. Um, thank you so much. Um, wow. I've definitely got a lot to think about. Um, yeah. Um, you've definitely touched my inner child. Um, yeah, it's definitely, I'm I, even as sitting here, I can't actually talk because I'm sort of going, wow. Okay. Yeah, no, I need to, I need to sit in the garden and have a bit of a think about that for half an hour. Um, but yeah, no, thank you guys. I will, um, 
Yeah, I'll say bye. Have a great evening because you're talking to me from the States and it's evening where you are. It's sunny, sunny Melbourne here. Yeah. I don't know what's happened to the weather because it's yeah. sunny for once. Um, so, um, yeah, look, thank you so much, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. And uh, for all those listening, thanks so much for being here and giving us your time. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you'd like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family on all the usual social media platforms that you're normally on. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content that I know you're going to want to hear like this. If you want to check out past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast, or for links, resources, and show notes, go to our website, www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey, and Twitter. Have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one's perfect and we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.